five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to Truth, Beer, and Podsequences. So this is the podcast where my co-host and I listen to all the Cincinnati-based craft beer podcasts from the previous week, and we get together here at our gracious podcast host, Higher Gravity Summit Park, and give our version of the truth of how those podcasts went. Now, hopefully there aren't too many consequences from the host of the other podcasts, and so far, so good. I am Marco. I am a taproom manager here locally, and I am about to introduce the best co-host in podcast landia. Actually, I'm going to introduce myself today. I am Julia, and I am a drinker of all the craft beer in the Cincinnati area, and I like to write funny things about beer, mostly Cincinnati beer, uh, during beer vent season, which is rapidly approaching. If you have not yet bought your beer vent calendar from Higher Gravity, I don't know what's wrong with you. You need to go ahead and do it. Go to Higher Gravity Craft House, H-A-U-S, dot com slash store. Get your pre-order in. The boxes should be ready the week of Thanksgiving, I believe. You can pick them up at Summit Park, at Northside. It's amazing. It's going to be an absolute blast. It's going to be a good time. Hell yeah, it is. It's going to be a good time. Uh, speaking of good time, today, recording a podcast. Uh, actually, every time we record, uh, record a podcast, it's a good time. True. Uh, today is special, though, because we have, for the second week in a row, we have a guest. A very special guest. A very yes. special guest. And special guest, uh, first-time guest to the pod, introduce themselves. So please, tell us about you and what you do. Hey, I'm Dave Volkman. I am an avid beer drinker myself. I sling beer up at Sonder two nights a week, and I grow beer. My wife and I have an acre-and-a-half hop farm out near Mainville, Ohio Valley Hops. Give us a follow on social. We provide hops to a number of different breweries around town, Fibonacci, uh, Cellar Dweller, Narrow Path, uh, among others. Rheingeist this year, Urban Artifact, and Little Fish have been our customers. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That is fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. So Dave is here to talk about podcasts with us. Yes. But we're going to do a separate episode with him where we just talk to Dave about Dave and about hops and about beer and just have a good old time. So keep an eye out for that bonus episode when we release it. It's going to be awesome. So we, should, we should have a brewery collaborate with us for a wet hop Ooh, truth beer pod. Beer. Yes. That'd be awesome. Yes. Truth beer hops. I mean, maybe. 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 I don't know. Reach out to us on social media at yeah. truth beer pod or email yeah. us truthbeerpod at gmail.com. Or maybe Higher Gravity know. wants to get into some of that and, and maybe Westside would want to team up yes hey some of that mass who knows we are speaking it into the universe you never know what'll happen now you know and also talking about speaking in the universe you know uh what comes up next year 2023 which is an odd year oh utopia's year utopia's year we may have talked about that uh at the uh the gnarly gnome tavern yes the gnarly gnome tavern which is fantastic but we need to get back on track because we are already off the rails this would not be a good craft beer podcast if we weren't drinking good craft beer or right. any type of beverage. So, Dave, since you are our guest, what, what's in your glass currently? I'm drinking the Rheingeist Dunk. It's a good Munich Dunkel. I love a good dark beer. If I had to pick a beer, it's always going to be a dark beer. And so this is a, a, a good one for the pod. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. And Sweet. I have the exact same thing in my glass. So you I'm do. just going to, I do. Wow. It's, and it's delicious. So you should get one next, Marco. Yeah. I didn't, but what I you, didn't know it was one of those things where you're going to fit in or fit out. And I well, fit since out. Well, since you're not fitting in, what's in your glass? I am having Hop Chakra by uh, the award-winning Third Eye Brewery. Uh, that is a... Um, Imperial West Coast IPA because I'm an Imperial West Coast type of guy. So you're an IPA guy? 
I am. All right. Nothing wrong with I mean, that. I mean, among other things, but yes, True. I am. Nothing wrong with that. So we have a couple of podcasts to talk about today. So mm-hmm. let's kind of go around the table and see who listened to what. Yep. Cincinnati Brewcast. I don't. I didn't even mean to do oh, it that time. Did it? We have to <laughs> did drink. It start. We have to Cincinnati drink whenever Brewcast. I Cheers. mess up that podcast name. Wow, is it snowing outside? What's, what's uh, going on there? I, that guy was bundled up head to toe. It's cold, but it's not quite that cold yet. There was a flurry last there night. There was a flurry, a single one. It's some BS, yes. by the way. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. The Cincy Brewcast. Yeah. The Oktoberfest Quest finale, which was done live at Fretboard last week. You and I were on it, so we listened by default. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Dave, did you get a chance to check I, I up did. on that? I did. I'm a pretty awesome. I'm a pretty regular listener to the gnome. All right. Hell nice. yeah. Uh, we have Shift Beers, where they drank all the pumpkin beers. Yeah, pumpkin beers. All right. I did. All I right. listened. Cool. I did, and I'm glad they drank the pumpkin beer, so I didn't have to. Oh, all you go. right. That'll, that'll be a fun <laughs> take <laughs> when we get to that one. Shots fired. And the Bruce Skies Happy Hour, their final episode of what they're calling season one, even though this is technically season two, but I guess I we just guess, don't talk about season one. Yeah, I one? guess we don't talk about it no. season one. <laughs> all right. Season one uh, over again. I listened, yeah. Yeah, gave it a listen. Man, Hell yeah. So great. I love that so much, and I'm so glad uh, for what we get to talk about when we get there. Uh, as our guest, Actually, before we get started into those podcasts, I did want to shout out Beers and Beards real fast. Um, in episode 113, the most recent episode, they... They made sure that we knew that on Monday, November the 14th, they will be doing their podcast live from Fretboard Brewing in Blue Ash. So if your calendar is open Monday night, probably around 7 p.m., head on up to Fretboard and check that out. And they also gave a little bit of a teaser near the end of the episode. Uh, do you guys remember the socially influenced yes. brown ale from Streetside last year? Yeah, it was like a, uh, like like a, waffle. a waffle. Yeah, super, like super a, good. Yeah, waffle and syrup mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they dropped a couple little hints about the barrel aged version. Wow. Okay. That's going to be coming out uh, later this year, and they got to take a couple little samples of that and said it is tasting quite good. So keep an eye out on mm. Street Side. Well, we'll page be the judge of that, that. there. We, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Who knows? Maybe we'll be involved next year if they do uh, another round of that. Maybe. Maybe I not. I don't think Street Side knows who we are. Hey, you never know. You never know. We, we have found people that know who we are that we didn't know knew who we are. That's true. So don't ever. That's true. Don't you're ever right. say no, that should, you don't you're know. Right. You're right. You're right. Thank so you. of those three podcasts that we are going to talk about tonight, Dave, which one would you like to start with? Uh, let's talk about Bruce guys. Hell yeah. All right. Let's go. That was the right answer, Dave. It, it really was. <laughs> Episode 12, What Did We Learn? A uh, special guest was the gnarly gnome himself. Uh, he came in at about the 20-minute mark, so you uh-huh. had the first kind of block of the podcast where they were recapping the conversations that they had, the guests that they had, some of their favorite interviews. Then the name came in, and it was a really interesting conversation, mostly about what is craft and not necessarily the podcast and what they learned from the Wait podcast for you the mean, season. You mean that... Where the gnome was, a conversation about what craft actually is came up. That's crazy. Uh, hey, hey, I'm, I'm just speaking. I'm just speaking the truth. That's here. crazy. Or my no, but truth. yes, you're right. They, they, there was a good deal of talk about what craft is, and uh, I get. I guess to just dive straight into sure, it. Sure, we'll, we'll dive into that part first. Yeah. I, I love the fact that the uh, the hamburger chain. Yes. Uh, the big fast food hamburger chain was brought into yes. it. Yes. Uh, because I I. 
I can't help but feel that there's a, a correlation in a way uh, mm -hmm. because that hamburger chain doesn't win awards for their hamburgers. No, they and don't. They shouldn't. They don't. Uh, but they're an enormous hamburger chain, and the one thing that they did do and have done in the past was won awards for their innovation. They, Correct. as a hamburger chain, when they started, it was about speed. It was about efficiency. It was about consistency. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things together and uh, sort of the quasi-documentary movie. It's not a documentary, but it's... The Super Size Me? Not Super Size oh, Me. The uh, it's, um, I think it's called Founder with Michael Keaton. Mm -hmm. okay, okay. And that sort of, that sort of movie about how the way it started, the vision of somebody who was around there and wanted to help it grow, and what's crazy is it, it all started to grow with the with the the influence and the passion of, of somebody who owned an ice cream machine, and they never freaking worked in the year twenty twenty two. But uh, but they want you know they lead the industry in being able to provide consistency and, and speed and all of these other things uh, around that, but mm -hmm. they don't win awards for their hamburger. So It was an interesting conversation because what, what Noam brought up with that is kind of the question of, is craft the product or is it more the process? Which one, because I mean, if, if you think about it, some of the, you know, today's big beer technically could be considered craft if your definition of craft, which I'm just going to say it's different for everyone. I think a lot of craft beer drinkers will have a very similar idea to what they think craft is as it relates to beer. But in the global scheme of things, it is an interesting question. What makes craft craft? Is it the product or is it the process around creating and distributing that, that product? Dave, um, you feel like I, I see that you're ready to, to just <laughs> I burst with. I don't with know it. if I am or not. The, it, honestly, that conversation felt like a like I was sitting in a graduate seminar somewhere with a bunch of very, people acting, asking very academic questions. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, well, to what end? Um, for me, it, it, it's a little bit of both the process and the product, but it's craft to me involves small scale. Mm -hmm. You're not craft if you're producing a trillion hamburgers a year or a trillion barrels of beer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, that's a manufacturing process. It's an industrial process. And I know what, whether you're doing a, a five-barrel brewery, it's still a manufacturing process. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. There is so much more hands-on and more touches involved. And, and um, I, I, I kind of like to think back to like medieval guilds with craftsmanship mm -hmm. and people putting love and care into that product. So it, it was it was interesting. It was kind of academic to me. And, yeah. So do you think that if something starts out on that smaller scale, could it start as craft and then grow out of being considered craft? Uh, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure it does. Okay, Sa okay. You know, Sam Adams, is it craft anymore? It's a good beer. I'll drink it every right, day of the yeah. week. Yeah, and, but and it's, that's... it's an industrial process there because the, just the scale they're producing. And it's, uh, you know, it depends on what your goals are. There are sure. breweries around here who are happy being small and will always be small, and mm -hmm. that the owner brewer is in there every day and, uh, you know, doing every, every aspect of the process. And we, we got some breweries that have really grown and 
good for them. Congratulations, because oh, yeah, you're, you're producing solid beer. Yes, yeah, Sam Adams so, is a great example. Again, I go to to, to what end? You, right. We can right. we can talk all day about it, but and there you know wouldn't what? be a if right answer if it's a good beer. I'm going to drink it. Agreed. I agree with that. I I think a lot of this has taken different. I think a lot of people with these opinions that have sort of morphed and changed, and I, I think it should be that way. I think there should be the the everyone should be afforded the the opportunity to uh, kind of tweak and 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 change as as things happen. I mean, way back, you know, seven eight years ago, big beer was buying up hot farms and trying to box smaller. Uh, the smaller craft breweries out or trying to raise the price on hops and you know they were trying to do just just business practices that were clearly uh, a middle finger to craft breweries mm-hmm. and you know, they were doing so while at the same time buying up craft breweries to make the general public not know that big beer was behind these craft breweries and I think a lot of that has sort of changed uh, in in the sense of the you know some of these acquisitions have sort of a, a, come stepped away or they they haven't pursued them as much and more of the acquisitions now are like bells where um you know the he he just decided it was time to leave uh and and exit the the business and his his exit strategy was was to sell Mm -hmm. selling to a parent company that um essentially is having new belgium uh run things, although they are owned by a larger parent company, which is also not domestic. And so I think some of these things have changed and uh, it, that's, that's, that's okay, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we, can, uh, we can have a, a, a toggle in, in that sort of conversation. Uh, and again, I always go back to, I mean, the, the pandemic for me in 2020, it just made me stop and say, you know what? Everybody that works at these places, they all deserve jobs. Oh, yeah. They all deserve. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all deserve to make a living. And so I, I don't. Although I'm not going to be. It's not my pocket answer to buy a lot of these beers. I certainly am not going to uh, say you know death to this company and so right. on. Right. You're and not so going to boycott it. You know. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's just. It's just. Look. You, if I'm sitting next to a person that wants to buy one of those beers, I'm not going to tell them not to. I'm just going to choose not to. Right on. Sure, sure. So. I did think that a cool part of this portion of the conversation was you got you learned. They spelled out pretty clearly. Mike and Brett love big corporations. Oh, absolutely. They <laughs> just love, love big corporations. It. So this was a really cool little rabbit hole that they got to go down with the gnome. They love in, it. In talking yeah. about all that. Uh, kind of going back to some of the stuff in the beginning of the sure. episode, they want to talk about some of the themes that they realized kept coming up over and over throughout the season, throughout all their interviews, mostly who made up craft beer in, in America. And it, they realized it kind of came from a bunch of different puzzle pieces that all fell together. It isn't just one person that birthed craft beer in, in the United States in right. the in the 60s, 70s, 80s, in the era that they were talking about in season one. I'm going to call it season one because that's what they're calling it. Yeah, uh, use their like, words. Yeah, so like not our words, their words. Their words. So like Fritz made a major impact, but his family money is kind of what helped him to be able to make that impact. Where you have someone like Jack McAuliffe, which he also made a big impact, but he didn't have family money, another family business to kind of fall back on, or to kind of help him through his key right uh, key role. However, in however, his uh, his service in the military. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. Did, did present this or create this passion and love for a more flavorful uh, uh, type of product. Right, and then you have people like Uli who... I, I, it was more got like the duped group. by his brother. Yeah. I mean, got what are we doing? Well, he got duped by his brother, but then he ended up changing the laws. Yes. To to enable these brew pubs and these smaller craft breweries and stuff to happen to have a place, which without a lot of that, where would we be today? You know. That that dude, I want to have a beer with him. Someday. Oh my God, yeah. I'm oh. going to go to North Carolina and find Uli. There you Hell go. Yeah. He, he was Hell yeah. one of the most entertaining guests this year. And I, I, I do think that I, I appreciated that they you know, kind of looked at this historically, where they came from. And let's not forget the hippies. because The, correct. Yeah, the hippies, they, we would not be where we but, are in uh, craft beer without them. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a really good rundown on where it came from. And I, I just thought it was a great season to talk about the origins of modern craft beer. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I kind of want to revisit uh, revisit this this topic. Sure. Both of, I guess, all of us going around the table, favorite interviews from this season of Bruce Guy's Happy Hour. Mark, I'm going to throw it over to you because we all pretty much agreed on a lot. Oh, I, I def, I think Uli was my favorite. I'd have to say a combination between. It's kind of a three-way tie for me, Uli, because he was just so much fun. Like you said, Dave, I would love to have a beer with that guy. Fritz Maytag, just because how he kept poking at Brett about how he hated those stupid, stupid ass sour, sour beers. beers. That was funny. It was it, it was great, was... but he had such a great and and he his interview was one where I said when we recap that episode, when you first listen to to the episode, and you're not really taking in what he's saying, he kind of sounds like an asshole. Like you're For like sure. you know what he kind of no, sounds it actually like whatever. sounded but, you know, like an asshole. But then when you listen, you're like my God! But the things that he knows, the things that he was able to do. He kind of deserves the right to be a little bit uppity about some stuff. but So I just thought the interview was fantastic. Plus, he comes from a very patrician background. Absolutely. I mean, that, oh, sure, you know, yeah. The, the yeah, Maytag yeah. family, holy cow. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But then I also loved uh, Maureen Ogle. I think it's Ogle, yep. the, the author, her interview, because mm-hmm. it brought such a different viewpoint to the series. Mm-hmm. She's not a brewer. She's not the owner of a brewery, a brew pub. She just wanted to research the history Historian of craft beer. Yeah. And, and if you haven't read her books, you should get great, out there and get them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I ended up getting an American beer from the library after listening to that episode. It was phenomenal. And I have a couple other of her books uh, on, on the list as well. So, Dave, yep. what about? I'm going to go with Uli and, and Fritz, Fritz Maytag myself. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, the guy, uh, Heinrich, who... Who, yeah. uh, with Oldenburg Brewing. Yes, it, that if, was great. If you're, and I, I know I'm a little bit older than the two of you, but Oldenburg was just a fantastic uh, first wave brewery here in, in, in Cincinnati. Do you over, know? Down, over on Buttermilk Pike, it was a great facility. The beer they were making was was solid beer. I don't know how it would stand up in, in today's world, but mm-hmm. he had a German he had a German brewmaster. He had a German a brew, brewing system, and it was just. Uh, it was a fantastic facility. The vision of that place, and as they pointed out, you know, they, they expanded a little bit too fast and tried to franchise stuff out. It, it all kind of mm-hmm. fell apart. Otherwise, I think that one would, would probably have hung around. What are your yeah. speculations, reckless or otherwise, <laughs> on what happened to all of the brewing history materials, tchotchkes, whatever that they had? Because they said the, that they got a whole bunch of stuff from one of the... It was a collection yeah. of a couple, and my... I, I would assume... Wild guess. Where, where... I would assume they had to return it to them and, okay. and let okay. them figure it out. Okay. But it was yeah. fan- fabulous. Nice. It, I, uh, 
I, like a lot of people my age, late 50s, um, collected beer cans back in the mm -hmm. 70s. I, I don't know what kind of guy you were in the 70s if you, weren't, if you didn't have a beer can collection. Um, but I was around in the 70s. I didn't have a beer can collection. You were three, Marco. I was uh, something <laughs> of the nature. <laughs> but, I um, mean, the Noom has and, a beer can collection. And, so and even, yeah. even today, you know, if you live in the Midwest, by God, you better have a couple of beer oh, signs God, somewhere yeah. in your garage Absolutely. or your basement. Absolutely. I, I, I think we all do. My wife and I both have that. My wife collects burger stuff. I collect Brooks uh, from cool. the Bruckman Brewery stuff. And we got both have nice little collections, so we're going to focus. But um, that collection as, uh, was just phenomenal. The 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 tap handles and the trays and the advertising and, and the openers, the cans, the bottles, just just absolutely phenomenal part of the experience. Oh, that's fantastic. I wish I could have seen it. And solid beer. Solid German style beer. Good. It, it all also makes me think back to the hosts of Bruce Guy's Happy Hour. Mm -hmm. they, they have a, a great rapport, a great connection. I've mm -hmm. said this before on our podcast. It, it's because of the... It's because of how, you know, Michael and Brett, their 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 cachet in this in this uh, climate, this this market, mm -hmm. that they were even able to get these guests. I mean, oh you know, we God, joke yeah. around and have fun, and that's that's certainly something that we do. But Michael's an author. Uh, Michael's an author. He's a he's a professor. Uh, he has sometimes lawyer. Sometimes lawyer. Um, you, you know, he helped uh, bring uh, what what the modern day Bachfest is mm -hmm. uh, to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And Brett Coleman Baker is just a, a trailblazer for God, yeah, uh, yeah. these these fruit tarts, uh, the deciding that he was gonna make really only this style of beer year, you know, several years ago. And you're like, okay man, if you want to, you you have at it. And you know, I hope it works. Everybody said, I hope it works. And, and then my God it did. And, and it did. And it and it is. It's happening. You know, and I hope uh, one of the questions that the Gnarly Gnome asks um, occasionally is, you know, what what do you what do you define as success, or how do you see success? I'm not going to answer that for Brett, but what I do want to say is, I hope whatever that is, he's finding that every day, and he's looking forward to the next day and the next day and the next day mm -hmm. to continuing that evolution of what success actually is Agreed. for him, for his brewery, for the people that work with him, and I'm not going to say for him, I'm going to say with him, because, um, and, and maybe Dave, you can speak to this, uh, you know, I always feel like I work with people, yes, people report to me, this kind of thing, but if we're going to make it, we're going to make it together. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I I don't know if that's necessarily that Brett's thought or your thought, but that I've always thought that way, um, that we're, we're going to make this together. Um, yeah. they, they, they really, and I, I've known Brett since 2014. He... Uh, Urban Artifact were, was actually our first customers at our oh, hop that's farm. That's amazing. I love and that. And they, yeah. uh, they, they produced a wet hop Belgian Grand Cru called Calliope. And they did it two years in a row. And still one of my all-time favorite beers. Not because our hops were in it. It was just a fabulous wild beer before they kind of pivoted towards the fruit tart. Mm -hmm. And just to watch them uh, from, from the outside in and, and to kind of, in, in a sense, be part of who they are because we, we still sell hops to them and we, uh, we we hang out. They have got a great organizational culture there, where it is really about the team. It's really about about innovation and it's about quality. And I, I'm a huge admirer of what they have built at Urban Artifact. That's awesome. And, I think we all are. Yeah. And and thank you for setting set, settling. Excuse me. A, a great debate because. Uh, 
is it uh, Calliope or Calliope? And you just settled that. And yeah, I appreciate it because I, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Who says Calliope? What the hell kind of nonsense is that? I agree. There we go. Yeah. There we, there go. we go. Uh, the only kind of thing that I want to say, I only had two other notes on on this specific episode. Well, I guess technically three, but I know that we've mentioned several times, Marco and I, that we would love to have Brett and Mike on, on our show, sit down yeah. and talk to them. I still stand by that, but sure. my God, I would feel so intimidated. Watch out for what you're asking for. Exactly. I, I feel like I would be <laughs> a, a gnome in the present of giants. If they if they were here to kind of throw this episode of the podcast together, it, they they know so much. They are incredibly in tune with what their passions are, and, and they have no filter. Man, they will and, tell and they, you exactly what which, they're thinking. Which that part doesn't bother yeah. me. It's not so much the, the I lack appreciate of a the filter. Heck out of it. <laughs> right, the, it's not the lack of filter that bothers me oh. in any way, shape, or form. It's just the sheer knowledge that they have. I feel like oh, you'd be fine. They're, they're, I don't su- know. they're super cool people. Yeah. I mean, Sasquatch was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and sweaty, so I heard. And very sweaty. Very, yeah. very sweaty. What about Michael? Uh, he was shorter than I thought, and he's bald, which we all kind of knew. But again, yeah, I mean, I got, I got maybe five seconds to say hi because missing Linkfest was crazy, and it was so ridiculously hot, and they were trying to keep all of us cats wrangled for the tour. But uh, last few notes that I had, um, according to Ancestry.com, Gnome was able to confirm he is, in fact, 13% Gnome. Uh, so yes. good for him on, on knowing that. <laughs> he actually he spills the beans on he the does, podcast. He does. They talked a little bit about uh, genome sequencing and all that to figure that out. Uh, at the very end of the episode, you get to hear Brett's story about his run-in with police brutality. So that was that was interesting. That was interesting as well. It, one, one thing that also struck me from the beginning of this uh uh, episode is that they were together. Brett and Michael were together, and so much of this season uh, they were doing remotely, mm-hmm. and you could tell from the beginning that they were together. Oh, yeah. And that that just made me feel good that they got to recap their season sitting together, mm-hmm. you know, having drinks. And I think as you listen to the podcast, you can tell they really enjoyed having drinks. Yes. As, as yes. you can probably... It was great. As you can probably tell uh, towards the end of some of our podcasts. But <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, your glass is empty. Dave, your glass is empty. And that's pretty much all we had for we episode 12 of Bruce Guy's Happy Hour. They did let you know season two is coming eventually. Don't know when, but it will be covering craft beer in the 90s. Gave some teasers on some potential guests that they're going to have for those episodes. So if for some stupid reason you haven't listened to this yet, listen to Bruce Guy's Happy Hour. You will not regret it at all. Not at all. Let's get some more beers, guys, and we will be back to recap whatever podcast Dave chooses next. Okay. We made it back, and this time Marco is fitting in. Yeah, so, so I, I got the, yeah, I got the, the, dunk. um, the dunkle, dunk Doing the from dunk. Ryan Geist. So. Yeah, so we have a full table of nothing but dunk. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm, it's a dunk I'm, fest? I'm still drinking dunk mine. Fest. It's a dunk fest. Sweet. All right. All right, so Dave, we still have Shift Beers and Cincy Brewcast. Let's go with the Brewcast. Brewcast? All okay. right. So this was Season or Volume 8, Episode 22, live from Fretboard Brewing, Oktoberfest Quest 2022, the live finally finale. Finally. Finally. The finalies for the Oktoberfest Quest. He picked a winner. He had two pretty amazing guest judges and and two other amazing helpers. I don't know how he was able to get those guests. That was amazing. That was 
he was. That was reaching. the most imp impressive part of the podcast for me when I heard who they were. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he reached for the moon and fell amongst the stars with that one. That's right. That was so cheesy, but was you know that, what? I'm going to roll with it. What were you doing? Was that Casey Kasem? I had, <laughs> you probably. Everybody. Oh my God! I used to listen to the top forty. Yeah. All the, Keep what was that? Reaching every, for the stars. What was that every Sunday or something like that that they would uh, do the? Uh, kids, that anyway. was terrestrial radio. By the mm -hmm. way, there was a, mm -hmm. a DJ. Yes. Oh, actually, I let's go back to um, Bruce Guy's Happy Hour real fast. Sure. I forgot to mention this. Uh, Brett, or no, Mike had said, how many episodes have I been on for, for his show since he broadcasted? Oh. So this is, oh. kinda, this is tying the two together. Hold on. You want an intro? Yes. Let's okay, do I'm going to take this back. So we had a special guest uh, appear uh, before the podcast recording. And so Dave and I actually got to spend a minute or two with... Uh, Sir Michael Kane. Oh. So he's, we're going to bring him back over. All right. There's a All dog right. over there that he was petting. So that is the cutest puppy. It is a Bernese Mountain dog. It is a puppy. Mike, the guy is holding. Quit him fucking around and get over here. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> this is Michael Kane, and I'm going to introduce to you what Julia was talking about. <laughs> Very nice, very nice. So I guess he did. I guess he didn't know when he was coming up. No, that, and that's fine. That's fine. I don't blame. Thank you, Michael. Really, really appreciate it, man. Um, this is one hundred percent going on when you Google Brett Coleman Baker or Michael Morgan or Mike Morgan on thegnarlygnome.com. This is what comes up. So for Brett, only one episode came up, which I don't believe, but it's all that popped up so that's what i'm going with for on, the, on the gnarly gnome.com for when he's right i know i'm like i know that that's, that's wrong, absolutely incorrect but the date that he was on is very interesting to you and uh -oh. i here we go so the only episode that i found when searching for brett that wasn't related to brett beers on the gnarly gnome.com as far as podcast episodes was volume one episode five which aired april 21st of 2015. Oh. Yeah. That's your birthday. It's your birthday. It is. It's our birthday. It's our birthday. But then Mr. Morgan, he had several entries for podcast episodes that he had appeared on. Uh, you had Volume 5, Episode 12 from June 3rd, 2019. You had uh, Same Volume, Episode 7, April 29th of 2019. I wrote these out of order, but that's fine. And then Volume 7, Episode, or I'm sorry, Volume 8, Episode 8, May 30th of 2022. Volume 7, Episode 11, June 7th of 2021. And Michael D. Morgan was also on Episode 3 of Drinking with the Gnome, where they talked about bourbon. Nice. Yeah. So... Yeah, Brett's together. been on a lot. Though. Yeah, he he has. That's why I was like, this isn't right, but maybe it just wasn't in either the title or the show description right. to where it just didn't pull up. Yeah. So if you're looking for episodes with those two guests on them, just be aware you may need to just actually scroll through all the podcast episodes to, to find those. But anyway. And there are some great old episodes there. Oh, they're when fantastic. Go back, season one, some fantastic stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Agreed 100%. Uh, let's see. The biggest takeaway from the Oktoberfest Quest finale, when you get down to just the top four, whatever your personal top four are, it all boils down to just the tiniest nuances. Which one does better, you know, lacing from the head as you're, as you're drinking it? Which one, the, the color is more vibrant. It, it has nothing to do with 
well, I don't want to say that. It doesn't have as much to do with the taste of the beer because they're all amazing. You, you have to nitpick to figure out which one is the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. We had a nitpick. <laughs> and then some goober towards the end uh, decided to say, well, I don't know, uh, was this fair or uh, was this fair? Like, there was a point in the episode where uh, there was an A and a B mm-hmm. uh, question, answer, and I just went with A twice or something like that. Yeah. I was like, uh, I must have had a uh, momentary Michael Caine brain fart there or something. So did you not mean to pick A as one of your winners? No, 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 no. Oh, I okay. meant, okay. I meant uh, he said, what can I do to improve this uh, oh, for next oh. year yeah, uh, okay, okay. to make it more fair or to make it more fun? And I said, well, is anybody questioning whether it's fair? And B, gotcha. is anybody gotcha. questioning whether it's Sorry. fair? And I was like, wow, that sounds uh, like a total Marco thing to say <laughs> towards the end of a podcast. <laughs> It was fine. It was fine. What, what did you think about uh, I I, uh, I like that he d- did this entire bracket, and I think it was completely fair because it's his bracket. Sure, right. And I, uh, I kind of liked your, your right. suggestion, Julia, that people could follow along. Yeah. It'll introduce a lot of people to an Oktoberfest that perhaps they've never had before. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people get into a, a, a zone of where they only drink from a couple of breweries. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to really expand that because, you know, the, the one thing I appreciate most about the Gnome is – he is relentless in his support of the Cincinnati craft beer scene. Oh, God, yeah. And that would be a way for, you know, getting people to join him. Go out and get, whether it's a singleton or go out and get a six-pack of, of these two beers this mm-hmm. week. And work, work your way through it with me. You don't have to come up with the same results. Sure, It's right, not about fairness. Right. Everybody's got their own taste buds. Right. But that uh, that was a lot of fun. And I, the four that he had in the finals, I've had all four of them fantastic Oktoberfest. So amazing. That would have been, you know, like, like you said. What, what's your own personal preference? Because they're all four outstanding. Yeah, yeah. My only my only kind of call up to the gnome is if he does do a like a public bracket, is I would want him to do his choice first, and then release his public poll after that. That way he doesn't unintentionally get influenced by well mm-hmm. everyone else is saying that this is the best one. When I try these, I, I feel like he would still be honest with his own personal preference and wouldn't let. You I know, think the, he would. The, the general public yeah, sway I th- that. I think he would. But I do think that just to make sure that no one externally mm-hmm. would think, well, is it, is it not? Well, yeah, I picked my winner first, and then I gave it to you guys to let me know what you mm-hmm. think. And you don't even have to do a whole lot with it, but just kind of compare, okay, here's, you know, Gnome's bracket, public's bracket, and just see what differences the general public or, you know, a majority of the general public thinks about it, knowing that no one is right or wrong because it all boils down to what do you like best, but just have fun with it. It was a great time. It was a great yeah. uh, a great bracket for the time that the Gnome did it. And I just want to go back, and uh, I, I remember at the, the uh, before this bracket this year started, because of the transition Gnome mm-hmm. made to full-time Gnome, uh, he didn't think he was going to be able to do it. Right. And he was heartbroken. Like, he messaged me. And I'm not, you don't don't need to hit me with the look at me, Louie, or, you know, or, or, like, you know, dropping names or anything. But he was truly concerned that he wasn't going to be able to pull this off uh, this year. And I'm glad that he did. And, you know, I messaged you about mm-hmm. trying to, 
see if there's a way that that we can help him you know yeah. to make this happen for him well and i think he also mentioned it a bit on the weekly pint not to interrupt but just sure. so that people don't think we were the only two people that knew that there was a chance it wasn't going to happen not the case in any way shape or form he was pretty you know kind of public in the weekly pint his live show normally on mondays it's going to be today because life stuff happened yesterday but normally sure. mondays between 9 nine thirty p.m on facebook it also streams on uh twitter and youtube and twitch it's a fun conversation join in if you can only fans um and that's an awkward one but camera's just on his feet the whole time it's, it's i don't weird. know why i pay for it but i mean i just i can't look away it's it's strange it's, it's so strange <clears throat> Yeah. Anyway, so, so well, he needs this. all the income he can get. He really does. So, so I mean, more power to him. Yeah. So, but I, I'm glad it was able to happen. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm flattered, and I, I don't want to speak for you, but I believe you feel the same way that to be invited to help, you know, with the finale was mm-hmm. fantastic, and you know, it, it, it was just a good time. And speaking of helping, just so you know. Be warned if you ever go to one of Gnome's live events, you may be asked to help out with something. You will be there all night long. You, you're going to help. You're going to have a great time, but you're going to have a good time. You get a little but you're going to than you think. So it's all good. It's all great. It is fantastic. We love, we love supporting and in support. Uh, you know, that's that's what we do. Yeah. You know, friends helping friends. Some of the other conversations that came out of that episode was a little bit of a talk about, you know, do you have a favorite go to beer style? And Dave, I know that you have said darker beers tend to be what you go to. Yeah. Is it more of a seasonal thing, or is it more a year-round? You dark know, beers are. It, it's uh, it's kind of weird. I mean, I grow hops, and I am not a hop head. I, I appreciate I appreciate hops, mm-hmm. um, but it's not all about IPAs. They do a lot for a lot of different beers. Sure, yeah. But um, I the two styles that I dearly love are saisons and porters. Okay. Um, and but I will do a Schwartz beer or a Dunkel mm-hmm. in, a, in a minute. If uh, my last beer on this planet will be an Edmund Fitzgerald. It's just, really? I love All that right. beer. Really? I right. love that beer so much. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's and, great. Um, but yeah, there's. And what so, a happy tune, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Make me stand nice. myself snappy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, what a snappy <laughs> tune. Oh, it's man. a sad story, but it's a great beer. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Man. And then you, Marco? <laughs> Your two style? Which, I mean, again, we, we kind of already covered, you know during this episode when, when we recorded it with Gnome, but didn't if you wanted to kind of recap or if, you're, if your mind has changed at all. No, it's... Uh, or hold on. No. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Liam. Uh, Liam showed up. Liam Neeson. Uh, no, I, I haven't changed. It's uh, since Monday. I mean, since last Monday. Last Monday. <laughs> nice. Hey, but, but the weather is colder now. So yeah, that it is. Like the, me, that just gives the Pilsner uh, a little more time to chill. True, true. Yeah. yeah. But as I mentioned, I am very much a seasonal drinker. When it starts getting cold right. like this, I always love dark beers. Yep. But when it's 80, 90 degrees, it's hard for me to want mm-hmm. to drink them. I still will on occasion, but it's not what I want to reach for. Yeah. I'm, I, Where today, if the if the darker beers that they had here tonight weren't 10%, <laughs> shit, that's what I would be down. But it's like, I have a long drive home, so I am... Yeah. I'm going for the Dunkel, which is I'm a seasonal darker. drinker. I drink yeah. every season. Sure. There, there you go. Don't we all? So, that's Don't we idea. all? That's the right yeah. answer, Marco. Another cool, another cool thing in, in the episode was the conversation about what makes a good beer festival. You know, mostly Oktoberfest specifically mm-hmm. is what this talked about. But I know that the three of us really pulled together with that feeling of community and how even though Oktoberfest Zanzanati is a great Oktoberfest, 
You don't really feel no, like you're part of anything. It's, it's a big well, October it's, it's fest. It's a big October I, I would yeah, call I guess, it great. Okay, that, that's it's big. big. That's fair. It, it is yeah, big. It's big. Uh, and I think that we all touched on over COVID when Sam Adams did the Oktoberfest like at home packs. I think we all got them. And I mentioned I felt more a part of a community with that mm-hmm. than I ever have actually going down to Oktoberfest, you know, Cincinnati itself. There was just something different yeah, about we, feeling like, hey, let's come together and let's support these local businesses and let's still try to find a way to celebrate Oktoberfest, true. even though we can't be together. And for me, it was more about the the pride that I feel as Wearing those somebody. Suspenders. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Shirtless. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the pride that I feel about being, I mean, I've lived in Cincinnati for 18 years. And so... For the the and and the pride which this city holds that that Oktoberfest Cincinnati mm-hmm. uh, as one of the biggest in the world, you know I'm I'm proud of that whether I attended or not and the fact that it it was going to take on a different form or or, or possibly may not have even happened in any form I wanted to be part of the way that it was going to happen mm-hmm. and so it was and it happened virtually. And Munich didn't have one right. at all that year. Right. So for me, it was the sense of, it was, again, the sense of community. But as we come out of that time and into the present, uh, it's a gigantic festival that, yes, supports downtown and local businesses and so on and so forth. But you don't get the sort of you don't get the sort of interaction that you do at some of these uh, smaller Oktoberfests around the city. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to even say suburbs. I'm just going to say around the city and then going into the suburbs. You know, you you can you can go up to, like we've said over and over in the podcast, you can go to Saunders Oktoberfest or Sonder Oktoberfest. There's no S at the end of Saunders. Whether there is, if you live and, in the Midwest, and and you can try and make it possessive, it just doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> but it's their Oktoberfest, so Saunders Oktoberfest. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Uh, Dave, uh, is it Saunders or Saunders Oktoberfest? Saunders Oktoberfest or Saunders Oktoberfest? Saunders and Friends. Oh, there we go. Yep. That's why answer. we had you here today. Correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. To give us a correct nice. answer. But Very the point nice. is, Cassandra's a state of mind. Whoa. It is. That's some deep, deep it is. stuff right there, my, my friend. I love it. But it's a, good, it's a great Oktoberfest. It is. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, have, you have not just the volunteers pouring beer, but you have people from the brewery pouring beer. You have people from the breweries that show up to pour beer. My point is that you get a personal interaction from mm-hmm. from people related to somehow the the beer, the, mm-hmm. the experience. experience. Yep. So do you think that it is just the sheer amount of people that go to Oktoberfest Cincinnati that make it almost impossible to have those personalized interactions, if you want to call it, that makes it not feel like a community event, whereas the smaller ones, even going, you know, Donna Schwab and stuff like that, is it the number of people that causes that separation? That's a great question because... I don't have an answer. The more people, the more infrastructure, the more infrastructure, possibly the more uh, 
more away from the origin it becomes mm-hmm. or not? How do you, if, if there were 200,000 people that were going to descend on Sonder and Mason over the course of not one day, but a weekend, right? would that change the dynamic from being so personal and community to being vastly different? Your thoughts, Dave? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good question. As, as deep, I, I, I don't know how, I've not been to a German Oktoberfest. Like, I haven't been to the Munich Oktoberfest. Neither have I. But I, I, I know they've got individual events within the overall Oktoberfest. There's a tent or there is a facility doing it. So, you know, Cincinnati Oktoberfest in Cincinnati, it's a, it's a street fest, man. There's a bunch of food True. trucks. You can get Miller Light and Bud Light and Coors Light down there, as well as some decent Oktoberfest. But it's, it, it, again, it's not, it's not Donna Schwaben, it's not Germania, it's not Lebanon, it's not Loveland, it's not, it's not Sonder. So I, I, I really like the community that you feel, that, that smallness mm-hmm. of, a, of, a, of the brewery or the community Oktoberfest. It's just too big. Okay. I almost feel just, like the street fair. I, I don't know That's how fair. many I don't know how many people are going to relate to this because um, I don't I, I know Julia you're not from I don't know Dave if you've spent any time in New Orleans but for me my wife and I growing up right near New Orleans there are Mardi Gras parades around New Orleans in the suburbs mm-hmm. but when you want to experience Mardi Gras you go you to go New Orleans downtown. yeah yeah like that's that. All of them are for their community, and they're nice, and, you know, you can have a good time. But if you want to experience Mardi Gras, it's you go to New Orleans. I mean, outside of that, you go to Metairie, which is very close to New Orleans. Um, But I feel like, in almost ways, this is the exact opposite, where if you want actually a community Oktoberfest, you want to experience, you, you go to the smaller ones rather than going to the biggest one. So it's almost inverted. But do you go to Mardi Gras to feel a sense of community or just for that? To get shit-faced and get beer. And the occasional tourist that flashes their titties. Because that's what you're supposed to do, People from New Orleans don't do that. Okay, it's the lore of it oh, that amazing. the tourists do. Okay, so it's how the locals say, "Hey, we're going to pull a fast one on these tourists. Watch this." <laughs> right, You're that's like, awesome. Ah, look at that tourist. That's all. Awesome. Yeah, look at our titties. Right. Very nice. Uh, only other note that I had on this episode, because again, it's always weird talking about episodes that we've been on, because I'm like, it is. I don't know. That's another reason why we don't recap our our previous episode, even though we we are <laughs> a crappier podcast. Have, yes, God, that'd be hilarious. That would be. That I don't be, know. That could be like a Patreon or some other bonus episode. Like if, or if it ever like, falls on April Fool's Day or something. Oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> we only, recap our own podcast. The only other thing that Jeez. came to light during. Volume 8, episode 22, the Oktoberfest Quest 2022 finale. Madtree dropped a hint that there may be, may, this is, again, my truth, Marco's truth, maybe not Mads, Mad, Mads trees. I'm adding S's to everything. That's it. And I'm still on my first beer. This is terrible. You are. Madtree may have a packaged Bach beer next year. 
Okay. And if they do, all right. I am all in. Let's go for it. I am all in. I mean, they'll be the only one, but let's go for hey, it. nothing wrong with that. They will corner the market. Yeah, well, That's everyone's letting them. Let's, they can do it. Uh, right. the, the only other thing is I noticed on social media today <laughs> that uh, Westside Brewing mentioned that they were runner-up in yes. the God, October... Yes, beer was so good. October, ...at the Gnarly Gnomes Oktoberfest quest. And uh, I saw you liked the post, but before I saw you liked the post, I almost put... But Julia picked yours. I did. <laughs> and uh, then I saw you like the post. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave, well. leave it there. I'm just going to leave well enough alone. I mean, if, if, the, if the social media manager remembers talking to me, he'll, he'll know. He'll be like, yeah, she knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mantra, your beer was beyond phenomenal. Oh, it's great. Just personal preference if I'm drinking in quantity. I mean, I think that Fest beer might be a little more the way that I go. But if I'm being perfectly honest... I'm just going to bounce back and forth between the two. and Just have them all. I'm just going to drink them all. Just glug, 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 glug. All right. So I'm getting close to being done with my beer. Dave, you're getting close to being done with your beer. So we'll take another quick break, and then we will cover the last podcast that we have for this recap episode, Shift Beers. Breaking news, guys. Well, one, we are back again. Two, I have a new beer. Hey! Well, I have, I have a fresh beer. Let's say that. I okay. finished my first. I'm on to my second. Okay. I am doing good an hour into the podcast. Good job. Uh, I got another another dunk from Rheingeist. Oh, you because went? Yeah. I, I'm still dunking it up because it, it is Re- a... Beat, 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 beat. Very nice. <laughs> very, very nice. It is a phenomenal beer. I, I'm really enjoying it. So, yes, I got another one. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what? You're, you do not have a dark beer in your glass right now, so no, what I've, do you I've have? I switched up to something German here. I got a Roadhouse Pills. Oh, nice. That's normally nice. Marco's go-to. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I have a limited release, a wet hopped Headhunter from Fatheads Brewery. It is... Um, Amazing. A great beer. It is a great, great beer. Fantastic beer. Great beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think I bought Higher Gravity completely out of it the last time. The last time. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to do some shopping and see if they have more of that uh, in the cooler too. For take for Josh, because I yes. hear he's an IPA guy. He he does have a fondness for the IPAs. He got a little is, sensitive when I said that. There was nothing like, wrong. Come with on, that. man. I was like, what do you mean? It's Fine, just it's just, just fun. You, you know man. what I mean? You're an it's, IPA guy. I it's mean, whatever. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just having fun. Yeah. It's IPs. It's great style. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. All right. So we have shift beers. Hell yeah, shift beers. Cover. Yep. And this was episode 102. Oops, all pumpkins. Yeah. Or squashes. If, or gourds. Or gourds, depending on what category they they fall under, because apparently we find out in this episode that pumpkins are not just squashes or gourds. They fall under a multitude of spectrums in the vegetal category. Yeah, they're, I, don't, they're, I don't know the right. They're vegetables. Um, is that because they, they make their own seeds? Dave, do you I have any input on vegetableness? Are hops fruits or vegetables? Hops are, that's are, are strobiles. Oh, right. nice. All right, we're going to dig into more uh, on that when we talk to you specifically yeah. about we're going to go strobiling. That sounded odd. Okay. But I like it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's see. It's, po- it's According to Josh, this wasn't a twisted tea tip, but it was a pretty clever phrase. It's oh, wait, pu- you want an intro for the tip? Sure. Let's do an intro for the not quite 
Josh's twisted tea tip. I don't know. I don't know who to get. I mean, we went and we got We've Mike. Kind of gotten we got Michael Kane. That was a that was a rough Michael Kane. Uh, he was struggling. Uh, Dean dropped a no on us. What about? Uh, Okay, go ahead. What about who? You had somebody? Let's see if we can get them. I was going to say Frank Stallone again because so far he hasn't, like, threatened He hasn't blocked us. Right. And what's funny is every time Frank comes on, you're like, oh, God, it's Frank again. Yeah. Fuck Frank. But, but, I mean, Morgan Freeman is getting a little cranky with us. So I think Frank is. Oh, he's gotten kind of shitty. Yeah. I think Frank is still our best bet. We haven't haven't overdone, overstayed our welcome with him yet. So, uh,. You can go ahead and get him, Let me get him on the phone. You got him. He's probably taking a nap. He's no. He's up. He's up there, so he's probably taking a nap. Oh, he's there. We go. Hey, everybody. Is your guy Frank Stallone? As I seem to be coming up here quite a bit, I don't really have much going on. Unlike my brother, who's doing this new show on Peacock. <laughs> uh, where he plays a mob boss in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check it out. Check out my music. You know, go to the Spotify or YouTube's and uh, check out Frank Stallone. I was in the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Um, Marco, what was I here to do? You're going to introduce the thing. Julia was going to... Well, whatever. Julia, you do what you do. All right, thank you for having me. Goodbye. Well, thank, thank you, Frank. Uh... I, I always enjoy him plugging Frank, all of his stuff Franks. all the time. You say, <laughs> it's a combo. <laughs> you bring it together. Franks. Oh, my God. So this is not a Josh's Twisted Tea tip. It's just the tip. Ah, very good. Just the tip. Here, is, let's go. It is pumpkin, not pumpkant. Ah, uh, that's correct. That was super early in the episode. That's and right. uh, if you're a fan of, of all things pumpkin, you're not wrong. Uh, Chris was not present in person for this episode, but he did make a little a little guest appearance. Yeah, he made a, a phone later appearance on. Yep, later on, yep. Uh, Beth is rocking it out in World of Warcraft, getting getting her character all leveled up. Wow! In the is that in the, what the WoW kids call games. it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Kids call it Wow. Little Wrath Dave, of the Lich is that King. what you call it? Wow. I don't call it anything. There we go. <laughs> nice. Oh, nerds. Anyway. Oh wait, hold on a second. Oh God. No, 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 no. I'm not calling a friend. No, 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 no. You're not phoning a friend? No, 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 no. Oh, God. No. I don't know what's happening. Okay, so Josh got into a little Twitter beef with a certain person named Doug on Twitter. And he went ahead and talked about how this Doug's Twitter handle was Nostra Douglas. Well, there's a little bit of backstory there. So Doug is a... Occasional guest on the Brew Temple podcast, uh, or the Beer Temple podcast, excuse me, which is based out of Chicago, uh, with uh, two co-hosts, Chris Quinn and Mike Shalau. Chris Quinn owns the Beer Temple, which has two locations in Chicago, and Mike Shalau uh, is the owner-brewer of Is Was Brewing, which is uh, a Saison-only brewery up there in Chicago. Formerly worked with uh, Pipeworks and other places. Nice. Uh, so it's a pretty neat podcast. And uh, part of the Nostra Douglas thing is that not only does he have a pretty influential role at uh, Revolu- Revolution Brewing in Chicago, but uh, every year at the end of the year, uh, the last two weeks of the year, they do a uh, what's going to happen in the future of craft beer next year. Okay. And so 
everyone sort of turns on their, you know, looking into the future, their, uh, their sort of uh, soothsayer um, uh, hat. Looks and, at the trends and all that. And Doug is uh, Nostra Douglas. And so that's his uh, name for that, that podcast. Hmm. Uh, but what we're going to listen to is his uh, bona fides, oh. as some would say, as uh, Mike Shalau introduces Doug Velicki. This is who uh, Josh got into a Twitter beef with. But yeah, today we got a beer that changed my life episode. And I write, usually write out these intros by longhand, a few edits, a few different drafts, but I forgot my notebook at home. So I'll see if I can wing this one from the top. Today's guest was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He graduated from the University of Richmond, go Spiders, with degrees in uh, accounting and economics. After that, he worked in the uh, public and forensic accounting segment uh, for a few years before joining the Reyes uh, Group, which is the largest, it's the parent company of the largest beer distributor network in the country. While he was there, he built out the internal audit team before being recruited to Revolution Brewing as their CFO in 2016. Also, while he was at Reyes, he grew out his Instagram following. Uh, his, he, is the CFO, he was the CFO of Revolution, and that has grown into Chief Strategic Officer, where he oversees financials, uh, strategy, and marketing. Uh, he is one of the most interesting combinations of analytical and creative thinking I have ever seen in the beer industry, and someone I'm lucky to get to call my friend. He has over 25,000 followers on Instagram and 850,000 likes on TikTok as Beer Aficionado. He's won two awards from the North American Brewer Beer Writers Guild uh, for Beer Crunchers, his uh, long-form data-driven blog. And probably most impressively, he has raised over $177,000 for Lurie Children's Hospital as himself. Everyone, Doug Vilecki. Wow. So basically, Josh picked a fight with the wrong guy. Is what I'm hearing here. <laughs> he picked a fight. I don't oh, know. He could have picked. I mean, I mean, it's, <laughs> way to go, champ. I mean, it sounds like this guy understands trends, and and a new pupper in the tap room also understands beer trends and is very vocal about about those. Our beer series. Twitter fight with that guy. Holy crap. No, I mean, and again, if I feel like looking at it in the whole argument, listen to the episode to find out more about it. We have a lot of opinions going on in the taproom right oh, now. Yeah. About, um, like, beer series, more or less. I think a lot of that has to do with kind of local um, support for the, not support, that's the wrong word, but the way that they promote them, the way that they do them. Some local breweries have a series of beer that does incredibly well. Some have series that started off super strong but then kind of fizzled out. Some had some that just never went anywhere after, what, two, three. Right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We may need to. Maybe two pause for a moment. Such good boys and girls and puppers all around. Speaking of good boys, girls, I don't know. We got a lot of sass in this episode from one chicken. Oh, yeah. Because they recorded at Brian's house. Yeah. Chicken was, much like this pupper dog, very vocal, very set in his ways, and chicken needed dinner. Yeah. I I think... (laughs) 
I think after hearing that introduction, it doesn't, it, I think Josh uh, from Shift Beers is the type of guy that would say, yeah, I just gave him my opinion and my opinion is my opinion and what my experience is. And so you can tell me what your experience is. That doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It just means that it's my experience. And so like, you know, I know you have like all this education and history and beer. And I was just trying to call you like a, uh, like a legacy brand. And I don't know why you took offense to it, but like, that's what, you know, I was thinking. And so I don't know why you had to, um, hit me with the clown face, bro. Holy crap, that was the best impression of Josh I think I have ever heard. How many, it's also the how only, many, I was the say, only how many impression of heard? Josh I think I've ever heard. <laughs> but man, you are an absolute maverick at impressions, Marco. You are the best, and I am so happy that I get to experience them with you. How did you experience that, Dave? Not the impression, but, <laughs> the, but the, 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 the discussion about the, you know, legacy brewery and you know all that you know again it was like the the thing from uh bruce guys it's it's splitting hairs i I don't care Mm -hmm. legacy breweries man you're still around you're an og i'm I'm glad you're here sure you're young upstart i wish you nothing but luck beer series if it works for you do them if it doesn't work for you don't do them I, i don't care yeah. If it's a good beer, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> Hell I yeah. don't know, but, 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 do you think, but do you think a brewery, and saying should is probably the wrong word, but do you think the word legacy or the descriptor legacy has any negative connotation? Because I bit. don't. Not a bit. No. Yeah, because I'm just like, okay, that, no, mean, that, means that, that means we've been around since, yeah. if not the beginning of the craft beer revolution, we've been around for long enough to where we are one of the I mean, Great Lakes is a right. legacy brewery. Sure, right? sure. sure. Trogues, Avery. I mean, yeah. There are some, the, I mean, I'm looking over here at the, at the beer case here at Higher Gravity. There are a lot of legacy breweries there, and they're making great beer. Yeah. They've been doing it for a long time. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, maybe people want to jump on the latest thing or the local thing. That's fine. It's fine, but, right? But man, right. there's some great beer out there, and that's not a that's not a negative. No, so not I at think all. the dude was not overly sensitive for like, don't you know, we're not a legacy brewery. No, you are, but that's who cares, man. Revolution makes great beer. They do. I, d- they do. I don't doubt that uh, he, it, Doug, because we're friends. I'll call him, you know, by his first name. Uh, I, I don't doubt that uh, Doug was probably a little overly sensitive or maybe just a little uh, possibly flippant uh but that uh, yeah uh I, I i wouldn't take offense to somebody calling my my brewery uh when we're talking about revolution uh a legacy brewery and they have been around long enough to have series and started series long enough ago to where those series have legs i mean excuse that or they know which ones aren't really taking off the way that they want them to after just a couple of yeah, releases it's a business, sure. business decision right. everybody's got to sure t- sure to figure out what's going on anti-hero great series yeah agreed yeah keep it rolling man. agreed yeah. let's go uh let's see what else was there here uh again need a new segment beefing with shift beers where we just have josh use the shift beers account to just pick fights with just random breweries. I think that could be absolutely fantastic. Second uh, meat theme in a row uh, yes. from Shift Beers. Yes, they, they they seem to be pretty into the meat. Yeah, yeah. They bring the meat every week. It's there, whether you want yeah. it or not. Hmm. We have the meat. 
All right, let's see. What else was there? Uh, in this episode, you can find out who blacked out on pumpkin beers. Mm. Because that was the entire point of the of the episode, which, again, <laughs> this was another weirdly ratioed episode. At first, they were like, hey, our drinking is going to be shorter. We're not going to talk about it for that long. Ended up being about 30 minutes out of the And they know, only did that under. To, to give us a, a shout. Well, but, but they said that, but then they legitimately tangented Correct. off during the segment. So I'm going to say their drinking segment is still longer than the main topic of their episode. It is still accurate. So yeah. take that, shift beers. Well, Dave, what uh, stood out to you about the to drinking segment? Um, was this your first time listening to Shapiro's? I might have listened to one or two before. Okay. okay. And so I'm not super familiar with the podcast. The, the drinking is at the first part where yeah. they kind of yeah. ramble yeah, yeah, for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ramble, yes. What I take from that is these people really dig each other and they have fun fun drinking and talking talking shit about stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, that's yeah. that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. All I right. mean, it, it is one of my favorite. I get them a lot of shit for how long it is. Uh-huh. But it is one of my favorite parts of the episode because it is just them. Yeah, just people hanging out. Recapping yeah. stories of what what they did the past week, drinking the other, or otherwise. The other thing that it does, and I think if, if anybody ends up becoming a regular listener, is... You start to get a connection to to the the hosts of the of the show because you hear about what they did over the weekend or over the past week, and then if you live in this area, you can almost relate to some of the events that they went to, mm-hmm. whether you wanted to go to them or whether you were present there. And then sure. you listen back, and you're like, "Man, I was at that event, and I may have passed by one of them." And but you could recall when you know something happened in a previous podcast or. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go up to a bath and, and you know, talk about whatever or, or, or go up to Chris and, and talk about his, you know, long ass cracker or whatever it may be uh, or his finished uh, um, finished uh, uh, bar in the, in the, in the garage, garage yeah. or, you know, go up to Josh and ask about what it's like to, I don't know, you know, be blitzed on a Oktoberfest or whatever. Uh, but... You can you can get a sense like, hey, I could be in this room and I could have fun and I could I could give my own to drinking and I I could you know sort of relate mm-hmm. oh, and of yeah. course that's coming from a person or t- or two that have actually done that. Well, but but even before either of us were on their shows, I think that we both had the idea, and it was before Truth Beer Pod was you know really even an idea potentially. Like we were both talking about the shows we were going to cover and it's like from day one of shift beers listening to the show is like man i want to hang out with those guys they have such a good time together it is such a great a great conversation a great experience when they're all in the same room together having so much fun it's like you just you want to be a part of that that's one of those it's a party you feel like you're invited to even though you're not there right. when you're listening and then when you do get invited it's super dope and oh, then yeah. you bring a giant bag of <laughs> Um, all kinds of alcohol fun, or I brought in a Julia's giant case, snacks. yeah, in Julia's case, she brought snacks. <laughs> I brought snacks. <laughs> so, it was great. But, yeah, it was fun. Uh, let's see. So, getting back to this particular episode, um, they drank. Go ahead. Yeah, pumpkin beers. Yeah, Dave, um, uh, uh, fitting in or fitting out? Pumpkin beers. I, I'm not doing it. Okay, I mean, I, I've tried them. Ever, never. Um, I, you know, they they talked about one that was a, a pumpkin porter. I might I might try okay. that one. 
Sure. Okay. Okay. But, so you don't rule them out, uh, but you don't actively seek I, I'm them. Not, I'm definitely not seeking them. Okay. I, I mean, I, and I, I tried. I, I did. I did it. I, I've, I have tried anything and everything, but I'm getting old and crusty, maybe, and I'm stage seven beer drinker and kind of. <laughs> well, but, but you've listened to every episode of Bruce Guy's Happy Hour, yeah. right? Yeah. And I know we're we're doing the the whole uh, quantum leap. Um, where I'm going to reference sure. a Bruce guys. So one of their guests invented the, the American style sure pumpkin beer. Yeah. Sure did. Yeah. Put pumpkin in his beer, yep. tasted the beer. It's like, doesn't taste anything like pumpkin. Went across the street, grabbed pumpkin spice, put it in the beer. And now we got perfect. pumpkin beer. Yes. Yep. And so everybody has a stance on pumpkin beer. Like my beer has pumpkin in it and yep. my beer, you know, why do you need to put pumpkin beer? You just need to put pumpkin spice and it, it's too much pumpkin spice or it's not enough pumpkin spice or you didn't roast the pumpkin or you didn't do, it's like <laughs> everyone has their own you, opinion. Yeah, on, yeah. But well, the guy who started it was like, well, oops, oops. It doesn't taste like pumpkin. I'm going to get spices. And so all of this, you know, sort of comes from and, and, and sort of, you, you do this whole uh, it's 63 in me or whatever it's called. I don't know. The, the genome. All the DNA tests or the whatever. DNA the DNA tests. Yeah. They, they all spawn from this to yeah. where now uh, breweries are snooty about pumpkin beer in this way. And you do it this way or you don't do it this way. Or, yeah. You know, and, and um, but honestly, where it started was an accident. Yeah. Or, sure. or not an accident, but well, it didn't turn out the way that he wanted. So he was like, hey, just throw some spice shit in yeah. there. Yeah. And then, so let's go. So what, why be so, why, why do you think brewers are so finicky about, about this now? It's like, why do we have to make it so complicated? Throw some fucking spice in a, in a goddamn oh, Oktoberfest. Little nutmeg, clove, and cinnamon, baby. There you go. Why not split your batch of Oktoberfest, <laughs> break off like, you know, break off five <laughs> barrels or three kegs or whatever or shit you want to do. Throw some spices in there and fucking call it a day. I mean, why do we, why do we need to be so, um, you know, polarizing about it? I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I'm, I'm going to eat a piece of pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving and call it a win. There you That's go. That's it. One. Right? I mean, how do you? I'm how in. many do you need? Yeah. Well, at least three or four over the Thanksgiving season. Not I, not all in one day, because my God, I would. Well, die. that's from a guy who but, can't have lactose. Well, true. true. <laughs> but yeah, you there, would literally die. I would just figuratively die. Okay. What was interesting about the pumpkin beers that they were drinking is they were all provided or sent to them by the pumpkin king himself. Yes. Sean White, snowboarder. Yeah, snowboarder extraordinaire. extraordinaire. Yeah. Exclusive air. I don't know what word I was going for there, but it was not. Was it the flying tomato or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The flying tomato himself. And they called him up. They did. They were like, hey, they did. we were complete assholes and didn't actually invite you to be on the show when we drank the beers that you sent us. Is that really the same Sean White? No. Okay. I, didn't think so. I should have said yes, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to completely do it. But Sorry, Dave. No, he is, uh, Sorry, Dave. <laughs> he is I, didn't think, the, I didn't think it was. He's one no. of the owners of Nostalgia Brewing, brewing yeah. up up north outside of Columbus. Nicest guy in the world. You know, my Josh and I got the, the joy to meet him when we went up there for a concert. We're like... We're in Columbus. Let's just go like 10 more minutes north and go to Nostalgia. And he left his sick wife and children at home to come meet us at the brewery for a few minutes to just say hi and to give give me some stuff to take back here to give to the gnome and all that. And I mean, the that's awesome. The most fantastic guys. So we definitely that's need awesome. to make a trip, we do. pod trip up to. We do, and Columbus we're in the early area. stages of planning it. We are. We are. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Grace stepped in for a little bit during the bonus beer segment. Yeah, that was fun. That was awesome. That was super awesome. I've met Grace. I met Grace at the uh, Shift Beers live show, and yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how in Absolutely. the world she puts up with Brian and his the head things, tattoo. Well, and the things that come out of both ends of him. Yeah. So, it's, it's I mean, a little... Grace, can we appeal to you for just a moment? <laughs> Um, take your fiance to a GI please, doctor. Please, please let please let him see somebody. Please please go take him to see somebody. I think I, I'm just I'm concerned. Uh, Y'all. I, I really I, I like him a lot. I'm I just we want I, him to be around. I care. I really I just care, and uh, I feel like he he himself needs um, professional care with his uh, gastrointestinal <laughs> issues. So. Oh man. Well, I didn't. Ha- I only had. Uh, I did do a multiple choice question for this episode, uh, and then we had the burp count. But Dave, was there any other things that you wanted to to say about your thoughts on this episode of of Shift Beers before uh, was, we kind of wrap stuff up? It was, it was it was a fun show. Yep, always is. Yep. Always is. All, All right. right. Okay, so darn it, who are we going to get to intro Julia's multiple choice question? Why don't we put him on the spot and have Dave intro the multiple yeah, choice let's question? Go. There Dave, we go. All intro. Right. So come up, just come up with an on-the-spot. Julia has a multiple-choice question about this episode. Here you go. Whatever you That's feel it. is an Let's appropriate intro that you had no idea we is were Is this gonna... supposed to be like a voice or something? Is Mark no, always no, doing no, it? No, just, 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 just you. Just do you. You are the celebrity. And, and what am I supposed to do? You've got a multiple-choice multiple I'm going to give you an question. example. Yes. All right. Here we go. In a world where there are no multiple-choice questions, Julia has the weird forethought to come up with a multiple-choice question. And now... Here is Julia's multiple choice question. And I can't beat that, so let's oh, go. Oh, man. All right, well, we'll get you next time for one. How about that? All right, next all time. All right, all right, next time. We are going to call you up next time we have one of these. All right. So be prepared for a random right. phone call. Next time. All right, what is the place that Sean White lives and works called? Is it A, Gahana Like Ivana? Is it B, Gahana Like Banana? Or is it C, Columbus, like the crew didn't make the MLS playoffs this season? Oh. Just just saying. Just saying. It's definitely B, Gahanna. All right. That is, uh, actually, I'm not going to spoil it. No, don't spoil it. I'm not going to give the right answer. But no. I, oh, was I, I not supposed to? You can do whatever you want. Okay. I'm just not going to reveal if that's right or okay. wrong because I right. want people to listen to this episode. Okay. Go listen to the what episode. What we love to do is drive people to be curious enough about what we say about the episodes to listen. Then, but it, might, then it might be Gahana. It could be. It could be just Columbus. It could be incredibly boring. You never know. <laughs> or or it could be option D. I was going to say that you never know. You didn't sing it. Come on. Oh, I was going to give you option D. You, I always bring the D. You always bring the D, By the, the way, D, Dave, uh, it, your name being D, you probably go a lot of places where you're like hey i'm the d uh so but anyways um i bring the d i julie gave you a b and c i give you option d option d is going to be uh cleveland sucks Ooh, that that could also be a correct answer so there are there are multiple correct answers however in this one then. you never knew there we go that's what i was looking for all right so we are down to the burp count and David, would you like to give the burp count numbers? I know you probably can't read my handwriting, so I may have to translate a little bit. So, so you good to give us the, the burp count numbers for episode 102 of Shift Beers? 30 burps. All right. 60 ounces of beer. All right. 3.75 pints. something. Pints. Pints, yeah. It's a weak nice. shit. 
It is it is pretty weak. Sweet um, shit. But um, but again, I feel like they spent more time in this episode talking about cats, cats and games than they did drinking. So it it kind it was a little nice. It kind of gave Brian's GI system a chance to just settle a bit. He still provided some amazing burps throughout the episode. And so did Grace. Grace she brought did. it. I mean, she brought it. I mean, when she started, boom! It was like it get was amazing. In. It was like it. it Part could be absolutely part of ship beers. Boom. Agreed. Agreed. That is all that we have for this episode of Truth Beer and Consequences. So, Dave, thank you so incredibly much for being here for the recap. Been a pleasure. We're gonna we're gonna force you to stay a little bit longer and do a bonus episode with you where we talk about you and all the amazing things that you are doing that contribute to the Cincinnati craft beer community environment. Looking forward and to what it. have you. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please let us know. Like, review, subscribe, share, follow. All of that good stuff. We are on all your favorite social media platforms at TruthBeerPod. You can send us an email to TruthBeerPod at gmail.com if you have something longer than social media allows. If you have a complaint about the show, let us know. We are at Raging Hop is our complaint line on the Twitters. And if you would like to send us a couple bucks to help us continue to grow the podcast with stickers and coasters and equipment and, and setting up a platform to where we can do some type of live streaming you can do that at truthbeerpod.com there's a big blue bias a pint link other than that marco dave this has been an absolute pleasure and uh marco what are you going to be doing next tuesday i'm very excited and i can't wait to do this again next tuesday i'll be here with you recapping cincinnati based craft beer podcast sounds great i'll see you there cheers cheers, cheers.